Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rody Fisher. Good morning, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this brand new day. Lord, you say in your word that your mercies are new every morning. I pray, Lord, for every one of the listeners that you would just place your hand upon them and just bless each one. Bless everyone here as they help me with this uh, program and and. Help me as well, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We are in Psalm 118. And for those of you that have listened to maybe the last couple of shows, you will see that we already did 16 and 17, 117, 116 and 117, and now we're on 118. And as I said before, this would be um, what they call the Jewish liturgy. And these psalms from 110 to 118 were sung at a lot of the festivals, but especially um, the the Passover feast and festival, the one that they did annually. And they had these annual feasts that they did. But these psalms were sung at that time. Sometimes it's called the Egyptian halal, and it's when the Egyptians— uh, were holding the Israelites captive, and they fled Egypt. So um, we are in Psalm 118, and I want to remind you, for those of you that hadn't heard this, that these psalms were sung at the beginning of the, the prior to the supper for Passover and after Passover supper. And so picture Jesus doing that Last Supper, as we call it. They didn't call it that then, with his 12 disciples. You know, he washed their feet. They ate dinner. Um, He served what we call communion. And they sang songs before. And these are the Psalms from 110 to 118 and after. Now, um, there's a debate as to which song which song Jesus sung after they had he had supper with the Passover supper with his disciples. But it could have been anywhere from Psalm one thirteen to one eighteen. But most people think that it's Psalm one eighteen. Um and if you look it up, I think a lot of your commentaries will say that I like to think it was Psalm 116. That's my favorite one for him to sing. But it could have been 118. And um, I do want you to look it up in your Bible to let you know that Jesus did sing. We don't think of him as singing. And it was, um, if you read it in Matthew 26, 30, you'll see that it says there, 
when they had sung, this is after they had done the supper, when they had sung, then they had sung a hymn. They went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, you can pick that up also in Mark 14.26, and it says exactly the same thing. It's a parallel psalm. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Okay, so we do need know that Jesus sung, and you can find other um, scriptures about Jesus singing, Hebrews 20, I mean 2.12, and also Romans 15.9. But we are going to read Psalm 118 and think of this as Jesus singing this psalm. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his love endures forever. Let's pick it up in verse 4. Let those who fear the Lord say his love endures forever. My anguish, in my anguish, I cried out to the Lord, and he answered by setting me free. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can a man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than trust in princes. All the nations surround me, but the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surround me on every side, but the name of the Lord, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They swarmed about me like bees, but they died as quickly as they burn as burning thorns in the name of the Lord. I cut them off. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me, and the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory surround in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live. I will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. For, oh, I'm sorry, open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to him. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this. It is marvelous in the eyes of, I'm sorry, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be tr- rejoice and be glad in us. O oh Lord, save us. O oh Lord, grant us success. 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has, he has made his light shine upon us. The boughs in his hand join in festal procession. Up the horns of the altar. You are my God. I will give you thanks. You are my God. I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Can you just picture Jesus and his disciples singing that hymn after eating, sharing, breaking bread that last Passover night that Jesus spent with them in the upper room? Isn't that a beautiful thought? Well, it happened. He might have sang that song. We don't know for sure which one it is. But um, I'd like to talk about the parable of the last um, of the parable of the lost son. Now we know this parable as um, the parable of. Um, this son who just burns away all of his inheritance, living this life of, you know, with his father as, you know, a pretty well-to-do man, but just blowing it, taking everything he had and blowing it, um, you know, with all kinds of perverseness. So I'm going to take you to Luke 15, verse 11. And um, it says here, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of my estate. So he divided his his property between them, meaning that he had an older brother. The older brother got twice what he got, and he got half of what his brother got, because the older brother always got more, right? Double. Now, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, meaning took all that money, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in in wild living. So he did all kinds of stuff with that money, blew it. Okay, verse 14. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he had begun to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who had set him in his fields to feed pigs. Now, he went from a fairly, you know, well-to-do person in his father's house. Now he's feeding pigs with some stranger. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that he was feeding, that the pigs were eating. So now, how delicious is this food that he is feeding the pigs, these pods? He is yearning to eat the pig's food. That's how low he's gotten. But no one gave him anything. Verse 17, when he came to his senses who knows how long that took, 
I just added that. How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, he's thinking. And I am here starving to death. I will set out, go back to my father, and say to him, Father, I have sinned against you, against heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. Now, he's saying to himself, what he's really doing is he's practicing. He's going to go back to his father, and he even practices what he says. Now, listen to what he says. I'm going to read it again. He says He's going to say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to, he started going towards his father. What that shows is he had a change of heart. And this father of his is like our father in heaven. And when we have a change of heart, because we've done all this wild living and we're changing our heart to go back to the father, this is what he's doing. So let me read the next line. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, so he was far away from his father's house still, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, now he's going to say this rehearsed line that I just told you about. And he says to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called, called your son. He does not get to finish that last line where he said, you remember that rehearsed line? where he said, um, so make me one of your hired men. Before he could say that last line, it says here in verse 22, but the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, put the ring on his finger and his sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for my son was dead and now he's alive again. He was lost and is found. So he began, so they began to celebrate. So listen here. Father sees him far, doesn't even get to the house. He sees him maybe out from the fields. He starts running to the sun. And what does that say to us? When we say, gosh, Lord, forgive me. I want to come back. That change in our heart. God will meet us halfway, maybe all the way. What well, doesn't say, but when he was far off, the son, father starts to run to the son. Now, remember that verse that he practiced this thing that he was going to say to his father? Father cuts him off, doesn't let him become part of the hired hand. He says to his servants, quick. Put my, bring the best robe, not just any old robe, the best. Put it on him. Put the ring on his finger. And 
Bring those sandals. Put it on his feet. Kill the fatted cow. The fatted calf. Let's celebrate. That's all heaven celebrating when we come to Christ. Or we again, as a prodigal child, come back to him. He'll meet you halfway if you're there. If you've decided, gosh, I've done all this stuff. Jesus won't take me back. He will. There is no sin too big that you have done to stop you from going to the Father. Make this the day that you come back. Now, what is this robe all about? He puts this the best robe on his son. Well, it's that robe of righteousness. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, he clothes us with his righteousness, meaning the Father doesn't see any of our sins. They're gone. We're clothed with the righteous robe that he puts around us. And that ring on his finger, what does that represent? Well, there's a, there's a scripture in the Bible, I'll let you look it up, where Joseph becomes second in command to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh puts this ring on his finger and says to everyone, and says to Joseph, with this ring, you'll be able to tell anybody what to do with using my name. You have authority to, to say to anybody, do this and do that, and they'll do it because I'm giving you the authority with the ring that Jesus gives us. We have authority to ask anything in his name, and it shall be done of the Father. Remember that. Also, the sandals. You know, it talks about when Abraham was talking to God in that burning bush, God said to him, take off your sandals, for this ground is holy. Well, what does sandals represent? It represents, you know, when we put on the full armor of God, we shot, shot our feet with the good news of peace. And we can take that good news to others. So they celebrate because the sun has come back. I'm going to finish the story. And it says, meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard this music and dancing. So they called, he called one of the servants and said to him, what's going on? Your brother has come, he replied. Your father has killed the fatted calf because he has come back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he, he answered his father, look, all these years, I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your order, orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat, which is less than that fatted calf. Not even a young goat, but he gets the fatted calf. So, so I could celebrate with my friends and give me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when his son, but when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, 
comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you're always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is now alive again. He was lost, and now he's found. Now, I do want to talk about the older brother who had twice the inheritance. He still has twice the inheritance. What is it about him that he didn't know that the father would have allowed him to take a fatted calf because all that was there was his? He could have killed the fatted calf any old time he wanted to. Could it be sometimes like we Christians that are in the house of the Father, in God's house, we go to church every Sunday. We're sitting there. Our walk becomes stale. Why? It becomes automatic. We're there. We're not even thinking about what sermon is being spoken. We're thinking about all the stuff we have to do at home. Or maybe we've got work to do for our job. Or maybe we can't wait to go to lunch. Could it be that this son, that older son, wasn't spending enough time at his father's feet, talking to his dad, having that one-to-one relationship that we should have with Jesus in our quiet time? Could it be that he was just getting still in his walk with his father? Could we make more time in our quiet time to be with Jesus? Maybe turn on some music, Christian music, to get us into the mood, to get into his word, Maybe get into prayer, spending time at Jesus' feet. I know sometimes I rush out the door without spending quality time with Jesus. Fortunately for me, my husband and I get up and we have a thing that we do. We like to read the Word together. But we still have our quiet time with God. Could it be that the Son was just still in his walk with the Father? and didn't understand that his brother was lost completely. Stale with the father so that he didn't see the bigness of God. Spend time with Jesus in your quiet time. Make it important. Make it valuable so that you will know what's on the father's heart. His father's heart here was to celebrate. All of heaven will celebrate when you come back to Jesus. Think about that. And if that's you today and would like to invite Jesus into your heart again because you're this prodigal or have never accepted Jesus as your Savior, make today the day by bringing him back into your life for the first time or once again because you've fallen by a simple prayer that you can say and make up the words yourself. Just mean it in your heart. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today is a day I want to give it all up for you. I want to celebrate 
with that fatted calf and all the people, the, the, uh, um, the angels in heaven, when I give my heart to you and today is the day. Just mean that with your heart. And if you have said those words or words like it today, let us know that here at K-Praise or call me on On the Road with Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We love you so much. Have a really great day. Bye for now. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rhody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rhody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher.